We're going to start the show by looking back, way back, at a case that captivated so many of us here in Canada in the early 90s. So you likely remember the headline, The Ken and Barbie Killers. We're talking about Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. The two of them sexually assaulted and killed three teenage girls, including Homolka's own sister in the early 90s. Now... Fast forward to today, Paul Bernardo is serving a life sentence, but what's been made very controversial is that he's been transferred to a medium security prison in Quebec. So speaking about it earlier today, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said that Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino is looking for answers into what happened with this decision because it's being met with a lot of backlash. He leaves the work to Mendicino to look into this and to figure out what's going to happen. Also weighing in, Conservative leader Pierre Polyev voiced his opinion, stating that the federal government should review any powers they have to reverse, as he puts it, this ridiculous decision. Paul Bernardo has been transferred from a maximum security facility to a, a medium security facility. What do you think of that? And is there anything that your government can do to reverse that? I fully and totally understand how uh, shocked and appalled so many Canadians are on hearing those news. Uh, that news, uh, Minister Mendicino uh, came out very strongly uh, last week, uh, indicating that he was going to find uh, clearer answers and explain to Canadians uh, what, uh, what happened and what we're going to be doing about it. Uh, I leave it to him to follow up on that. We say that it is outrageous that the, the prison system has moved Paul Bernardo to a medium security institution. He should be in a maximum security institution, the government should review any powers it has to reverse this ridiculous decision. Mr. Bernardo is a monster and he d d belongs in maximum security. So we're going to talk about it right now with our first guest, criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator Ari Goldkind, no stranger to the show and uh, not afraid to share his opinions on this or any other case. Ari, thank you so much for making the time. Good to talk to you. Always good to be on with you. This was a case that, you know, in the 90s and even still today, I think really angers a lot of Canadians. It really it captivated a lot of us. So many people paid attention to this and, and really, I think, know the ins and outs of it and really do feel that Paul Bernardo deserves life in prison, especially because Carla Homolka is free. What do you think this move suggests in the bigger picture? Is this a stepping stone to his ultimate release? You know, that's a good question, but I think that there's a part of this story that's being missed. We'll get to it. I don't think this is going to lead to his eventual release. I said about two years ago when he tried for parole, mm -hmm. and even his parole officer said he's a piece of you-know-what. I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, that, I said the chances of him getting released ever in his life are the same as Chelsea and I flying to the moon tomorrow morning. And I assure you, you're not going to the moon with me tomorrow morning. <laughs> but here, here's the problem with that. If you know the business the way I do, I've done this for 20 years, you, as one of the reasons you move somebody from maximum to medium, is because you're starting to at least prepare or graduate them to a release. So while I still say it's slim to none, slim to none was a turn of phrase that I used to say, forget about it, right? But when you now have him applying for parole every two years, mm -hmm. and he got a, he got a real dressing down at his parole hearing. He's going to have another parole hearing coming up, which we, don't, we need to talk about because it's part of the context of this story. The fact that he's gone from maximum to medium, leaving aside how offensive and outrageous it is, which is very easy for every politician to say. Sure. The bigger part of this, Chelsea, and I think the part that's not being talked about, because we have the easy 
conversations. It's easy for everybody to make Bernardo the boogeyman. But we're not having the conversations where the public safety minister, Mendocino, isn't protecting anybody's public safety. This is a country that is getting more dangerous in a more violent way every day. But when Mendocino comes out yesterday, as you saw, and says, this is an upsetting decision and I'm going to look into it, it makes everybody think he's on the ball. What this really reflects, Chelsea, and I'll pause my answer here is a government and a bureaucracy. Let's not forget a bureaucracy paid for by the tax dollars of your listeners where somebody decided this was a good idea, this was then approved at the top, and it says to me loud and clear what I've said for many years, it's very bad for my business to say, but I don't care, I say what I want, that this is a government that is much more interested in the rights of the offender, the violent, the lawbreaker, than the ordinary, average, quiet citizen who just wants to go about their life without getting shot at, stabbed, or having fireworks shot at them, which is happening in my city on public transportation. That's where we've lost the thread. So Mendicino is obviously responding to the backlash, and however you want to view that through a political lens or not, yeah, I mean, could be interpreted that this is just an about face uh, in response to what's been met with a lot of controversy and a lot of heat. I wonder, though, Ari, if a decision like this suggests that, you know, maybe our system is more enlightened than we give it credit for. You know, I'm I'm thinking about Scandinavian countries where, you know, they do a review of people serving life sentences uh, every, I'm not sure how frequently it happens, um, but you're not just sent to prison and then left there for the rest of your life without some sort of review. Is this a move that we're trying to lean in towards here in Canada? Are we actually trying to do a good thing here? So a great question. So let's 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 separate out the way it happens for everybody from Bernardo on down. Okay. When you get life in Canada, and a lot of people will not understand this, it doesn't necessarily mean life. You either, if it's second degree murder, can apply for parole between 10 to 25 years after the decision. That's up to the judge. If it's first degree murder, you can apply for parole after 25. So Our Supreme Court, in its complete lack of wisdom, and I say that very openly in one of the worst decisions I've ever read in my life as a citizen, let alone a lawyer, came out last year and said, remember there was a Moss killer named Bissonnette, Chelsea, in in Quebec. And the court and the law had changed, essentially because of Bernardo-like people, to say, look, if you kill two, three, four, five, six people, you don't get to have those lives not count. What that means is that if you take six lives, a judge can say, I'm going to do six times 25. Mm, And that means you may die in jail. The Supreme Court came along and said, that's cruel and unusual, Canadians. We're better than that. We're, We're noble people. Everybody should have the right to apply. So, Chelsea, to your question, even the worst of the worst in this bleeding heart country have the chance and the right to apply. Now, Bernardo is a very different beast. And here's why I think part of the conversation has been missed with this move. Every two years, two Chelsea, not 10, not five, not 20, because he's also a dangerous offender, the worst of the worst, he gets to apply for parole every two years. And what does that mean? That means that the families of his victims, Chelsea, and here's the part that is very rarely talked about. He also raped And I use the rape word because that was the word in the criminal code before the geniuses in Ottawa 
changed it to sexual assault, which does not reflect, I think, the heinousness of the word rape. He raped 13 women. Every time he applies for parole, they feel they have to drive to the jail and be there so that the parole board knows that the toll that he took is not over. What are they supposed to do now? Have to drive to the Laurentians in Quebec from Toronto? And the reason this is so outrageous, Chelsea, is because, and you may know this, Bernardo's privacy rights, get this, most of your listeners will not know this, When you want to know, or Mendocino wants to know, or the taxpayers want to know, or the lawyers for the family want to know, or the family wants to know why this decision was made, the answer is, no, you're out of luck. Bernardo's privacy rights trump anybody else's. That's insane, and that's why this whole thing is an affront. And most people did not know that, Chelsea. Is this, I mean, is this all just political? We hear, you know, you just mentioned bleeding heart country. I've heard that reference too. We talk a lot about catch and release and, you know, our our gentle approach when it comes to criminals. Is this all just something political? Is this just serving as a distraction? So, you know, Canadians are outraged over this decision and not necessarily paying attention to what's happening in their own communities? I, I, I say that in a very outspoken way. This is why you see everybody, you see all the enemies now joining as one. Trudeau and Polly Ever speaking as one today. Polly Ever and Trudeau are speaking as one with Doug Ford. How often does that happen? This is easy. What's not easy, Chelsea, is looking at the people who are raining havoc on our cities right now. The people who are violent right now, who are not behind bars, who are out on bail, who are getting poochy sentences because they tick the right demographic checkbox. That's a conversation that is an important one, but we don't have time for. It's very easy for everybody to point their finger at the boogeyman Bernardo, I mean, the person who decided this, the person at Correction Services, they should just be fired. Reverse the decision, that's done. But in terms of what's happening in Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, Calgary, Alberta, with the level of violence and gun violence and knife violence that's going on, you don't see any of these so-called brave, in air quotes, I use air quotes, these brave politicians daring to talk about who the criminals are today in 2023 versus Paul Bernardo back 20, 30 years ago. You mentioned that he will have another parole hearing coming up and a reversal of this decision. Will this just simply be reversed because that's what's easy? I also want to get your perspective, Ari, on what the different kinds of prisons actually look like. So what amenities will he have in a medium security prison compared to a maximum security? But we have to take a very short break. We'll be really quick. And then we're going to come right back into this conversation talking about Paul Bernardo's transfer to medium security prison, the reaction to it, and what will ultimately happen because of it. Our guest is Ari Goldkind, criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator. We'll be right back in two minutes. We're talking about Paul Bernardo's transfer to medium security prison convicted murderer. So is this just a decision that's going to be reversed? And what sort of treatment will he experience in a medium security prison if that's where he stays? Our guest is criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator Ari Goldkind. Ari, can you explain the difference between maximum and medium security prison? What amenities will he have access to? What's the difference in quality of life for him? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question and a big part of this. And it gets to a line that I thought the family of the French and Mahaffey's, uh, two of his victims' families, had a great line a couple years ago. I'm going to steal it because I, I have to give credit where it's due. And let me answer your question this way. In maximum security at Millhaven in Kingston, which is kind of a hellish jail, 
that's part of this story. He was in solitary confinement. You obviously understand, as does everybody who watches TV or your favorite movie, that if he spent a minute in the general population, you know that he would be toast. He is literally, you know, public enemy number one, including in a jail filled with murderers. Figure that logic and, uh, and morality out, but that's, uh, you know, that, that I'll leave there. But two years ago, when he was complaining about being in solitary confinement, Chelsea, he went to his parole hearing, which I covered, and he was talking about how hard his time is and how difficult it is and how isolating it is, and he's in segregation. And here's why I'm not stealing the other lawyer's line. He said, well, if Mr. Bernardo is very unhappy in segregation, by all means, we would welcome an application from him seeking to come into the general population and seeing how he fares before he applies to come into the normal society and breathe the same air as you and your listeners. Now, you knew exactly what I was saying. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what he was saying. He was saying it in a very clever, legalistic fashion. That's the kind of time he's doing in Millhaven. The reason why this story, I think, is also partly outrageous, and not much outrages me because I think the third rail issues are the most outrageous, not the Bernardo ones where we all agree about, is somebody at the institutions, even if they needed room at the penitentiary for new murderers, new rapists, new child molesters, they just needed his bunk, okay? Uh Somebody made a decision that we're not sending him to another maximum security institution in the Yukon. We're not sending him to the Arctic. We're sending him to medium security in the Laurentians. And that tells me that somebody in their mind at Corrections Canada said, this man deserves to not do as hard of time as he should be. And here's why his judge, this is going back 30 years now, Chelsea, the judge was Patrick Lesage. And Patrick Lesage had a real way with words. And he said at the end of sentencing Bernardo, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use nice language because we're on air and there's you know young people listening, it was essentially... You are the worst of the worst. You are a monster. You deserve to rot and die in jail. Wow. Some, I'm being serious. And somehow the correction services said, let's move him to medium security, where maybe he'll have more, more, more outdoor time. Maybe he'll have an easier time in segregation. Maybe he will have more courses that he will fake participate in. You know, and that's a really important part of this, Chelsea. He got, I'm trying to use a nice term again because it's early, He got chewed out at his parole hearing, and he certainly now heard from the parole board what he might need to do to look better at his next parole hearing. So now he might be sitting at these classes and counseling at the medium security if they're available to him, but there's no way he'll be serving as hard time as he was. And that, to me, in a country that does not believe in the death penalty, another conversation for a different day, the idea that he shouldn't be serving hard time to use that cliche. And just because 28 or 29 years have passed, that somehow he deserves a break today, that to me seems to be as outrageous as somebody at corrections. And by the way, Chelsea, this went to the top. So the idea that Mendocino is behind the eight ball and there's all these politicians, you know, Paul Bernardo didn't get moved in the dead of night mm-hmm, yeah. with, with nobody knowing it or approving it. And that's why, again, this is the point that I think is lost on a lot of Canadians today. If you want to know more, if you want to understand why, if the correction services thought this was a good idea, here's the reason it's a good idea. Here's why it's better that we do it. 
Here's why it's in society's interest to do it. You'll never be told that, Chelsea. And again, here's the why. Because Bernardo's right to privacy is more important in our country to the powers that be than the rights of the French and Mahaffey families and the women he raped to know why they've moved him. Make it make sense because I can't. Yeah, and so now we're dealing with a backlash, even though uh, we've heard from government officials that Criminal Services Canada provided Mendocino with a heads up of this transfer before it took place. Ari, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Lots of conversations for another time, uh, but that's all that we have with you. Really appreciate it. Always great to be with you. Take care. Criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator, that's Ari Goldkind talking about Paul Bernardo's transfer to medium security prison.